Happy holidays and uh, welcome to this week's episode of the Big Go Bell podcast. Um, it looks like our other compadres might be already on the road or maybe even throwing down the turkey already. But uh, looks like it may just be me and uh, Mr. Hot Take Hill Will himself for tonight. So uh, before we get started, Will, how's it going? And welcome back. How is how is it going after my week off last week? I made it back for the holidays. We'll see if anyone manages to join in tonight as we get rolling here. But people might already be, you know, getting their turkey ready. They might already be deep frying a turkey. They might be getting their sides ready. It's a big week as we know it that it is with Thanksgiving and people hitting the road. So we're getting this show out to you tonight and getting it done so people have something to listen to when they're on the road or if they're on a plane or on a train or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we are ready for the holidays after a, a full week of wrestling excitement going down. Right on. So, yeah, like he said, do not look for anything to be dropping Thursday because you got it early. And uh, we will also be enjoying the holidays. But, we, again, with so much going on, how could we ever miss the opportunity to talk about all the events that happened over the past weekend? And uh, before we actually get into wrestling, I definitely I, 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 it would be silly for me not to bring up in, in the world of combat sports what happened. Um, on Fox, on their pay-per-view, uh, and in the world of professional boxing, which is as quick as, as it always is, but this one <laughs> kind of did get to the seventh round. But nonetheless, uh, I think it I think it's worth a mention just to uh, uh, shout out Dante Wilder <laughs> put on another performance in the ring uh, with his seven-round uh, KO of Luis Ortiz. Uh, he's one of the best heavyweights to do it. I mean, we we WWE's been featuring. Um, uh, the Gypsy King, who, you know, those two, they fought, uh, I think, last year. And, and that big rematch is bound to happen at some point. But uh, Dante Wilder is still on the main streak. So I would expect the collision course between those two heavyweights to uh, really, really come about sometime soon, early of next year. Uh, but a very another very impressive uh, performance by him in the ring uh, this past Saturday. But, uh Going shifting over into wrestling, our focal point. Uh, let's 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 really get into War Games uh, NXT's pay per view this past Saturday. Um, as suspected, we knew it was going to be good. The build for it, as we talked about in previous previous episodes, has just been some of the best build in WWE and God knows how long. And it happened, and it delivered. And we're going to just kind of, before I go over to certain points, I'll we'll, we'll just do like we usually do. What was your big takeaway from it? And then I'll, I'll tell you mine. Yeah, okay. Well, going into this show, I think we talked about it some in the weeks running up to it. It was, the the I've never been a huge fan since they started it of the WWE version of War Games. It had the two, the two matches they've done so far prior to this weekend haven't done much for me. And going into this weekend, I would say the exact same thing, except we had the added twist this time around of the women getting their first ever War Games match. So I was all about that. I was definitely all about, I wanted to see the ladies take on the War Games deal. One sweating the whole men's version, but the ladies had me interested going into the show that match and then the Matt Riddle and Finn Balor matchup were the two things that were most on my radar for TakeOver on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, and I'm just going to go in another uh, another direction with this. Uh, for me, it's absolutely the absence of Velveteen Dream and and Johnny Gargano. And it's just because you've seen two of the pioneers of the NXT division uh, and, and, and really taking things to the next level and really putting aisles on the brain, even before the USA deal. Their, their injuries and their absence was absolutely noticeable noticeable for me. And with everything that's happening, not to overlook anyone, it's just the fact of the matter is that this has just literally been 
some of the best times for these people on the NST roster, getting the U.S., getting the, um, you know, the weekly show on USA Network and then getting the interjunction with the other two brands and actually the build to actually establishing them as a legitimate third brand. And not having those two, is just it just seemed just a little bit off uh, for me. It takes away nothing for the show, but it's just, you know, when something when you're just used to something and it's not being there, it just it just felt a little bit off to me. And it, and it, I could imagine how the guys must feel. I mean, you know, a part of them is very happy of all the opportunities for all their friends that's happening around them. But you could have bet that the two of them, more than anything, will have wanted to have taken part on what was really a tremendous show that happened. Um, but let's let, let's let's talk about a few things in the show really quick. So the big mystery of the show was who was going to be the additional partner, uh, the, the the additional teammate. On Team Chomper, uh, for right. the, the fourth man, the fourth man, who's going to be the, the fourth cage. man? And I, I, you know me, just as just being said, I was pulling for Velveteen Dream to be that person. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but Ko returned, and uh, you know, I thought I, I like the Ko move because you know something Jamal has been talking about. Even though I'm kind of confused because Jamal was also kind of giving me the feeling like he didn't like KO being there. But as he said, like if you also want to provide additional eyes on the content, then bringing somebody from one of these other brands and and putting them on the NST roster would do it. Finn Balor has obviously been uh been paying dividends. But, you know, he mentioned Daniel Bryan at times and I think KO's also another solid choice as well too. So KO coming and the pop he got, the reaction he got from everybody, I think it really, it really made sense. And I liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was a great move. The the only the only thing that I kind of you can tell me what you think about this is that the KO move also could, and I don't think I've seen anybody say this, but do you think that also could signify to maybe a certain audience that maybe they were short on talent? So that's why they made the move? Because nah, that's obviously I, not true. I, I don't think it's that. I think I think it's simply they want added star power and they want familiar faces is what they're looking for. They want a few more familiar faces on the show to get people to tune in on Wednesday that don't know NXT. That's all I think it is. Is they're looking for some more star power and it has nothing to do with I think the key the key factor is not that people are hurt, not that people are missing. It's that like, no, nah, we need like some more familiar faces to the more mainstream fans that would get them to possibly watch on Wednesday. That that's my feeling. Even if people were healthy, I think there's still a very good chance this this went goes down the exact same way. And yeah, I see that- we have Damien with us too. So in case you didn't notice, I saw a tag in happen a second ago. <laughs> As I'm prone to do, tagging in randomly when the show starts, but uh, it's all good. It's all good. We barely just got started, so it's perfect timing. Damien so, OTG, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, everybody. But to to go off on the point about Ko being the the fourth man, I I, I kind of had a gut feeling weeks ago that it was going to be him. Going back to everything Jamal had said previously, but here's the thing: I think WWE was going for. Yes, they wanted star power, but they also wanted to keep it to NXT kind of light, not lifers, but people who started with alumni. NXT alumni. Yes. And other than Samoa Joe or Shinsuke Nakamura, I think that would have gotten the biggest pop to fit that team because you could have obviously maybe had Sami Zayn do, you know, come in for one, but he's an annoying heel on the main roster. Samoa Joe would have made sense, but. I don't think I can see Joe in a war games match at this stage of his career. So I think KO made the most sense from, uh, as we were saying, uh, a big budget kind of, ooh, KO, because you saw the crowd's reaction. They popped huge when his music hit. And just, (laughs) can we just talk about really quick the stunner sell by Adam Cole (laughs) leaping up like a (laughs) poker I want to say that's like top five ridiculous sells of a stunner I've ever seen. I I mean, (laughs) The Rock's number one. McMahon is number one of the worst sells. Scott Hall always looks like he's about to get shot out of a cannon when he sells a stunner. Has Ricochet took it yet? What was that? Has Ricochet took it yet? Dolph Ziggler has to be on his list somewhere. Oh, yeah, because he looks like he's dead. So I can see, yeah. 
But overall, I honestly think adding KO to the match was good. And I like at the end when it ended, he just left the ring and left the celebration to the yeah. main what NXT guys. Because it wasn't about him, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I thought it was a good match overall. Uh, some undisputed era. I've said this to people before. Forgive me if, if no one's ever talked. Uh, if people have brought this up already. But without Adam Cole, I honestly think they're just three big dorks who mm-hmm. just happen to be jocks. I, I don't know. I think the fans respect them. I mean, first of all, I, I want to say that if anybody would sleep on, on Roger Strong, please oh, wake up. don't sleep on him anymore, right. Please yeah. wake up. Yeah. And, and, and let's, be, let's, be, let's be frank about the Undisputed Era really quick. They did work two nights. Yes. And I know it's an understatement because people was like, oh, they got to do double duty. And you think like, cool, they work in one night and they work the next night. But no, let it be known that it takes the utmost cardio to do such. And Roger Strong, again, one of my favorite matches at uh, Best in the World against uh, Jay Lethal, uh, our and some change Iron Man match with him has displayed cardio uh, tremendous cardio throughout his entire career and I hope that people if anything that they was able to see somebody who was able to be in top shape and form for two nights straight and that's not to take anything away from the other ones but for the one that I think that may have been getting a short straw on this on this uh on this faction hopefully people are all very woke about Roger Strong uh, at this point because and I think that match and all was probably the match of the night that the AJ and Nakamura match but uh, hopefully they're just, you know, but even still without Adam Cole, because I don't ever, the thing about WWE, excuse me, the thing about wrestling fans is that they want to be in the ring so bad. So <laughs> being able to say Adam Cole, baby, is probably the only thing they care about. <laughs> also, so the undisputed era, make them, they make them think they have an actual shot of it happening. Yeah, yes. exactly. Also, too, I, gotta, I, 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 I agree with the sentiment of the other three of, of Fish, O'Reilly and Strong definitely having a dorky air about them and that Adam Cole is the, is the saving grace that that's, that takes it to another level has a star quality, but mm-hmm. they're all, they're all great athletes, but I totally yes. agree with that sentiment. And if, and I've always, and I've always, I've always felt that about them. I mean, the, I think one of the, the most dead on descriptions I've ever heard of Roderick strong is if you've ever played the damn, any damn wrestling video game and there's a creator wrestler feature Stop. when you Turn it Stop. when you first turn it on, Stop. and you get a blank palette. Generic wrestler one. <laughs> you know? Stop. It's like the most vanilla look there is. Stop. Hey, but I got great, I, no great wrestler. But yeah, about to say never <laughs> been, never been fond on his aesthetics, but the move sets is out of the world. I mean, I, I think I, that he doesn't get enough credit for really how he kind of put his own touch on a lot of moves that's been around for years. And and that, he's so fluent in what he does. Yeah. But look, I, this is what I want to say really quick, too. I, I'm going to need them to put some respect on my man Rod, Roddy name because the way how they cut his interest when oh, he came yeah. in, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they, they, dog, they dog my man. I appreciate that. <laughs> and he didn't either. Matter of fact, he told Shinsuke, I mean, he told Sami Zayn to get out the way. And then so does he did. They cut his music out the way too. I was like, "How are you gonna do, my man?" Like, that? and he was looking like, on the screen like, "Uh, yeah." Uh, here's a, a, a point about Roderick Strong that I brought up recently: is you know how there's always that one or two really good wrestlers, but they have the personality of a, of a potato. Oh, For boy. instance, someone like Curtis Axel, who has no charisma whatsoever, but he's a great in ring guy. Is I think guy. Roderick Strong, his his move set is charismatic. Like he speaks with his move set. So if he didn't have, like you said, two chains, the the kind of the weird dorky aesthetic, I honestly think it and maybe maybe I'm off on a limb by myself here. He is this version, this generation's version of IRS, in my <laughs> estimation. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Come on, bro. <laughs> really good wrestler. I like the IRS, though. An- I-, I love IRS. That's why I'm making the comparison. I, I love IRS. Michael Rotundo is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. 
but did we know how we were not going to like that 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 persona as we get older no one no one likes the rrs now uh, well no but even as a kid you're like ooh, i don't like the tax man so boo but that that's roddy like he could be so grating as a heel where he's so cocky but dorky at the same time you just want to smack the shit out of him pardon my french but he's great in the ring and he backs it up so that is the difference between someone like him and someone like Curtis Axel, who has almost no charisma whatsoever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. 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 I cannot disagree with that at all. Another thing I want to talk about really quick about this is that, you know, a lot of fans, and this is going to be both for this and for the next segment as well too. A lot of fans were really anticipating big returns, uh, whether it been legends or just somebody new or so forth and, and again i think the ko move worked but anything else that would have took away from the moment like you said the alumni move absolutely worked but if it had been somebody that's probably never been on nxt or just even i don't know something as crazy as roman reigns or something of some sort um i don't think there was no need for both shows either show to have pulled the move to have to bring somebody back or a legend to be inserted at all. But a lot of fans were calling for it, whether it had been Ronda Rousey or so forth. But do you think, absolutely, do, do y'all think, or what do you think, more or less, um, about that position of just saying, this is how we're going to go with it. No one needs to return. We're just going to keep it this way. Go ahead, I like it. I like how they handled it. I, I didn't want any darn more with the amount of people you had involved in these shows between three rosters of talent, these like multiple five, five person triple threat matches with 15 people out there. Oh, so there many. was more, there was more than enough bodies and names to keep track of this weekend. We did not need any more. I think they made the right move with focusing on specific people putting a lot of focus on like some specific new faces, but also not overdoing it to the point where it all became a blur. They very easily could have went down the rabbit hole of just having throwing way too much at the wall. And I, I think that's one thing I think some people missed. It's like, well, they didn't do so much like with say, uh, they should have done more with Matt Riddle. And it's like, well, if you do more with Matt Riddle, then you're also, you know, you're taking away from what you're doing with Keith Lee. You're taking away with what you're doing with Rhea Ripley. It's like, you got to pick a couple people and put the rocket fuel on them. Put the right. focus yeah. on them. It, you know, they went with the idea of like, okay, we're picking two or three people and really putting the focus on them as opposed to five or six. And I, in my mind, that's the preferable way to do it. And plus, you got to save stuff for down the road. You can't push everybody all in one weekend. And if you're adding legends to that mix, then it's going to take the shine off the other, the new faces you're trying to push. So I like the way they did it. I didn't need a Ronda Rousey or a CM Punk, or whoever numerous people you might want to name. It's Survivor Series, for God's sake. We have a lot of time between now and a big event in the spring. Save stuff for down the road when you can use it on a different show to spark something then, if that's the route you're looking to go. I like how they handled it. Yep, yep. Alright, so last, last, last little thing, unless they may want to say something about this particular, but last little thing I definitely want to talk about before we actually transition to Survivor Series is um the kind of the closing moments of war games were kind of sent the internet in a swirl um, for overreaction, if you ask me. But Britt Brit Baker being shown <laughs> on camera, being mentioned by name, big deal for some people, no deal for me because Brit, she's been there in the past um, and it's her husband. So <laughs> I don't see what's the whole while about her being there, but her being named, I mean, What's the big deal? It because she works for AEW, that's why. But because she works for another company, does that mean she's off limits to be mentioned? I mean, if they again, the, the cameraman made a mistake. First of all, all right, let's let's kind of break this down. Then the, her showing her wasn't on purpose or wasn't a mistake. Let's get everybody's stance on that. Personally, I in the past, like you've said, they've shown her before, so she's a recognizable face in the yeah. crowd. With good, so, with good expression, if you ask me too. Yeah, so to be quite honest, I actually think it was on purpose. I don't think it was an accident. I think whoever showed her didn't put two and two together that she works for AEW, potentially. Mm -hmm. I think that might yeah. have been the mistake. 
Can we also not assume that I, all these camera people watch wrestling? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that's what I was going to get into. My, my thinking was this when I was talking about it with people this weekend. was obviously, yes, she's been there before. Obviously, she's a guest there. She's getting comped in, and she's sitting there in good seats at ringside and whatever. I think there is a very, very strong chance that your cameraman, the director of the show, they have no idea who she is. They just see an attractive girl at ringside that's reacting to the action in the ring, and they just want that shot. And they just took the shot, and they put it on there, not knowing who she is. At that point, though, yes, you know damn well Morrow knows who she is. So Mm -hmm. at that point, what happens there, that's on him as far as naming her and drawing attention to whatever. But just the camera shot, I think it is very likely that the camera people and the the director, they don't know who the heck she is, just an attractive girl who was reacting to the matches and it made a good shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I, it's necessarily that nefarious. But as far as what Morrow did, that's a whole different ball of wax. I'm not mad at what Morrow did. I think that is good commentary. If you're able to identify somebody for who it is and it being right at that, then yeah. And then they did it in a professional way. He, he announced her for who she is by her name and what she was doing, not as a wrestler working for another company and so forth. Because that could absolutely go very bad, in other words. You know what I mean? But I, I think that, yeah, I think it was a familiar face for them. Camera people saw. And I think for all the same reasons that you guys said, like, yeah, attractive woman making an expression makes good for TV um, mm-hmm. in, in the comp section, obviously. So obviously you're going to be looking at people to do, you know, for stuff like that. If they kiss or whoever it may be, it was a genuine reaction. It worked. It's so to the moment. And it just happened to be somebody that was somebody of importance. It was his wife, but his wife's employed by another company doesn't make her an enemy. Hopefully that's not what people are getting away from that. And even if she did work for another company, it's not conflict of interest of her being there. Otherwise, she wouldn't even have had a ticket, a comp ticket at that. I'm pretty everyone knows that his wife works for another company and, and so forth. So, you know, this is not like uh this is not a Jimmy Jacobs incident here. There was no ill militia. Mm-hmm. Happening and Morrow just called good commentary, and I don't think it's a big deal. Uh, we'll see our other shows, and you know, they're gonna obviously really avoid it now because the internet made it a big thing. But I'm not mad at it at all. I just didn't think people were just like, Oh, it's f- shots fired, and they did this on purpose. Like, it was a lot of circumstance, circle, <laughs> circumstantial coincidence. Happening. Yeah, no, if you want to. If you want it to be shots fired, it's got to turn into like, you know, they show her and then Morrow drops some line about like, oh, there's AEW's Britt Baker here Thank at ringside you, yeah. checking out a real main event. You know? <laughs> That's what if I they say, say something like that, then it's shots fired. You know, yeah. but just yeah. just showing her and naming her. That ain't all that. Yeah. Right. And, and and as a as a, re- a good play by play guy. Morrow did the right thing because if the camera pans on someone, the cr- he knows in the back of his mind, the crowd at home knows exactly who that is. We're just going to ignore it. Like do 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 nothing to see here. Like she didn't exist, you know, going exactly. back to like going back to the NWA power thing from last week where you just have dead air <laughs> for those 15, 20 seconds. <laughs> but, but, the, but the other thing too, how many other times does this do really happen where they show sports team and they show the star player and then another star player be right next to him and they're like, oh, so you don't know who that guy is? Right. You know what I mean? So the fact that it all worked out in these circumstances, I just don't think it's a big thing. Don't think it's Ill, any type of ill will to it or whatever. So I don't know why people were making a big deal, but it was cool that she was able to uh, to check that out and be supportive of him because he, he definitely worked his ass off in that. Can we give him a quick shout out though? Like he is the unsung MVP of a lot of stuff because that match we're gonna go into Survivor Series, obviously, but that match with Dunn was pretty damn good too. You know, well, not even twenty four hours out after War Games. Well, let's let's talk about it. Let's get into Survivor Series now. Um, so before we do get to my topics for um, Survivor Series, and I think Damien, you pulled your point, and I throw it to Will now. Is that what is your takeaway from Survivor Series now? Overall, Ooh, sir, sir. Go yeah, ahead, go ahead, Damien. You go first. Keep it broad, Damien. Oh, we got we got topics, but yeah, keep it broad. What's your what's your take takeaway from it on Survivor Series? Oh, this was a pure ratings grab and to establish NXT as a a, a third strong brand, if not, you know, I think we all talked about it in the group chat. 
just to kind of solidify them almost treating Raw as a stepchild because Raw is always going to be there. You know, so uh, we can we can screw Raw over for one pay-per-view and then it leads to a, you know, as we evidenced yesterday, to a storyline about Raw's roster, roster sucking and, you know, uh, Rollins being a heel now. But overall, the event, I mean, I didn't expect it to be 4-2-1. I, I, I didn't think it was going to be that convincing. And I found it really interesting how this year the pre-show counted when in past years for brand warfare, they didn't count the pre-show. <laughs> Because remember yeah. that one year when Raw swept SmackDown and, and Xavier yep. Woods kept saying, hey, we actually won a match for SmackDown. Y'all don't count it because it's the pre-show. So this year, we counted the pre-show. Go figure. <laughs> okay. Okay, we go. Yes, indeed. Yeah, no, no. Survivor Series was the, the night of making it clear to the people that still had their heels dug in that NXT was a developmental show, that it wasn't, you know, the same as the other brands. It, it was the night of sending the clear message that NXT is on the same level as all the other brands. It's in, at least for that night, being positioned above them. It's like they want to get as much steam as they can on Wednesday nights and getting people into the idea of, Hey, this is like the real deal. This isn't lesser than what's happening on Fox or happening on raw on Monday nights. This is its own thing. We got some big stars here. You need to check out. I mean, between Rhea Ripley, Adam Cole, Keith Lee, like you could not have, and, and Shayna Baszler since heck the show closed with her. I mean, you could not have pushed those four any harder as like new faces, top stars of that brand. And then like all the supporting cast that they introduced over the weekend, it was, I think it was a very well played orchestrated move by WWE that throughout the entire weekend, there was really just the focus on NXT, NXT, NXT getting the big spotlight put on them. Yeah. And you know, I keep it short. Like, I, like I said, um, it, it was, first of all, for me, the time, the timing with both shows was amazing. It was it was amazing to see such a very, very extensive show in before midnight or even close to midnight. Uh, so considering looking at the watch and everything was over around like one one what one night when I thirty and the other night ten thirty was really cool. The pacing and everything was good. We'll talk yeah we'll talk about match match placement a little bit, but overall I thought both cars match placements was really stellar and so forth. But yeah, going into like now strictly into the top. Oh yeah, well I'll, I'll, I'll add this as well too. Survivor Series was literally probably the best I've seen of God knows how long. I was I'm I'm very excited about the entire build to ultimately this point of it happening. The the boiling point of all this build finally getting to that getting to this weekend or last weekend um, that it just all manifested in a way it did. Both shows are very enjoyable and typically take over uh, NXT take over takes the weekend. But both shows were enjoyable on different levels, and it was just a good overall week for WWE product. But yes, absolutely, as I've been saying for a while, and you know, it, it still kind of bothers me because I don't even think everyone's even on the same page with this. But how can you not say NXT is a third brand at this point? There is nothing else they need to accomplish for it to be considered a third brand there the, the the terminology of moving up called up promoted all that is just been it's, that's it's, out the it's, window it's, mm-hmm. it's gone great we, we we're, and that's commentary work we knew it was going to get there but it, it's there now so happy for that hmm. they made their big talent they made them look like stars they made them respectable to other people Hate it or love it, but Roman giving somebody the nod is the ultimate endorsement in WWE. Um, it was and, and once... never and never even mind that they pinned the darn former Universal Champion. Right, exactly. Right before that happened, it's like exactly. you, beat the, you beat one of the top guys in the company, and then you get the nod from Roman Reigns. Exactly. That's as strong as it pretty much is going to get for a new face. Exactly. So, um, you know. They just they have done everything in my mind to make them uh, a legitimate third brand. You guys got to challenge me here. Is there anything else they could do at this point that besides this the regularity of it and keeping the momentum strong? What else do they need to do to make these 
Raw stands and maybe Fox and SmackDown stands to say, I need to check out Wednesday or I respect Wednesday, in other words. You know what? I don't I'm thinking about maybe another invasion angle down the road to continue this or or maybe Becky and Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte eventually show up back at NXT to feud with not the four horsewomen, but four of uh, of NXT's women's roster, old meets new. That's the only thing I can see because because the women's match for me, you know, take the storyline stuff out with Dakota and, and and everybody else. But we we talked about this. Rhea Ripley, I mean, rock not even just rock star, supernova strapped the rocket strip on her back, the rocket mm-hmm. ship on Time her back, out. and there we go. I'm not even I'm not even letting you get credit for this. Uh, what year is this? Two, 2018, because time has been flying. When I went to the May Young Classic, I had, to help, I had the best time of my life. I got to see one of my close friends get the Triple H endorsement. Crowd goes crazy for absolutely an emotional moment for me and my friend. Right. But of all things that happen, and also I love Tony Storm. There's no secret about that. I know. That. So, <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I will be attacked if I didn't mention that. By all means... Of everything that happened that 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 those two days, there was rumors, and I, I'll I'll just put it flat out now. There was rumors that they wanted Kylie Ray to be part of the tournament. Kylie Ray got hurt, and it didn't happen. And the ultimate the ultimate booking was to really push this new super baby face to the top, mm-hmm. and I like it because I like Kylie Ray. So that didn't happen. So. The other, the other really thing was like, well, who, who do you, who do you, who needs to win the Mayon Classic? Not Tony Storm because she had a hell of a showing the year before last, and you know, you, I forget who else I was kind of pandering on. But the more and more I saw the action start panning out, I was like, oh, this is absolutely Tegan Knox's year. Oh, of course, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she took that gruesome injury. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I said it that that day. I said it. Immediately when I left, I said it with no voice hours later, and I said it when I recorded the review, that the absolute star of this entire tournament wasn't uh, Sodomore, who had an amazing match, wasn't Marcenis Martinez, who had an amazing match, wasn't um, uh, uh, Karen Q, and, uh, and, uh, and, and had a, who had an amazing match. It was literally how they took something as bad as Tegan's injury and made it something. And the way how Rhea Ripley, who came out in this new look, when you repackage yourself and you you throw it at the crowd and you fully embrace it and you get and you have to do it three times that day, considering you know if you win your matches. So obviously it was the plan, but she had to do it three times. She had to make the crowd like her new look, her new gimmick, and and, and sell to it three times. And not just that, she had to work the ultimate babyface who took an injury. Where she could have just completely clocked out, but she took it and ran with it and put herself over like no other. So, are I mean, you saying Tegan Knox's injury was the catalyst for Rhea Ripley's ascent? No, I think that she was a star the entire time and she took that as an opportunity and grasped it and knew what she had to do and took off. There was no time for her to go back to the drawing board. When it happened in ring and when Tegan continued, tried to continue the match, which was a story of his own. The painfulness, yeah. Mm-hmm. She she didn't fall back. She didn't say, oh, well, I don't know what to do. And let's, what, what she's 23 now? That makes her, what, 21, 22 then? For her to be able to grasp that situation and do what she did and completely take that moment was just the ultimate moment when I said, this is the star. No matter who wins this tournament tomorrow, <laughs> because it happened night one, who no matter who wins this tournament tomorrow, she has won this weekend because she knew what to do. She, I mean, there was no Mega Hill in that tournament. She established that in a in the tournament of faces. Even when people that should have been or were heels were liked by the, the crowd, she made sure that everyone knew that do not cheer me at all. And she just was, she grasped it so I knew, I knew. At that moment, I said, she's going to be a star. Fast forward into her dominance in the UK, the NST UK division. Now mm-hmm. coming back this weekend, now that everyone can see it, she done absolutely became a star on every single brand, every single platform that she's given. She gets it. 
and God is NST good for years because they got her as a super heel slash baby baby face at the age of 23. And they have Tony Storm also at 23. <laughs> that you could build your entire division around those two alone for the next 10 plus years. So let, so let's, let's 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 focus on that actually. Let's focus mm-hmm. on the women's match and the way the, the match played out. Uh, I know we don't usually do like wins loss type stuff, but the way a lot of the NXT girls were either treated or pinned or submitted, like for instance, Tony had to be submitted in two different submission moves yep. for her to tap out. Yeah. So the, she was mm-hmm. protected in that in that realm, which was great. Candace and EO go back in a heelish move, if you want to really call it that. Also a strategical back. a strategical a plan. Strategic, yes. Yeah. So so they put themselves over at least a little bit in that realm that they're protected from being pinned that way. And then even Bianca, look 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 what it took to, to beat Bianca. Mm-hmm. So she was protected also. The NXT women were the most protected I have seen a group of women since the four horsewomen of NXT, which maybe it's because of what happened at, at TakeOver War Games, because that was an amazing match. But just watching that happen, to quote to, to follow up on your point, who champs, just say the women of NXT, the future of women's wrestling in WWE and possibly beyond is in great hands based on what we saw on sun- Sunday and uh, and Saturday. Absolutely. And, and and again, it's Rhea Ripley is an absolute like I, I never use this term, so I'm definitely gonna uh give a shout out to Damien for saying it about ten minutes ago. Supernova. <laughs> she is ready to go. She's ready to go. And I knew it before then. And I hope this if anybody at uh, the fans, uh, uh, what am I what am I even playing? The fans knew she was so over the entire week and it made no sense. Right. It made mm-hmm. no sense. So ahead, well. she 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 was so over by the end of the by the end of NXT, I thought that I was like, I was like, forget the damn, you know, her beating Shayna for the belt. They just need to throw her in tomorrow with, with Adam Cole and make her champ of the whole brand. I mean, <laughs> WWE is if WWE is ever dipping its toe again into the realm of intergender, like <laughs> Shayna Baszler and Rhea Ripley, that's the people you do it with. The, right. Those are the people who are believable in that role where you could go that route. And it, heck, if they're going to do it, NXT is probably the brand they would do it on. I and think so. Hot, I, as hot as Rhea Ripley is right now, it's like, it could work. They ain't going to do it. But damn, I mean, with the momentum she has right now, it'd be something to see. It'd be something to see. Yeah. Well, it's 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 really it's it's it's. I could we could talk about this for so much. We may actually bounce back to it for a second. But um, so yeah, we 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 all do agree that they have overly established themselves as uh, a a a legitimate third third brand. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about the team selections? Now, I had somebody slide in my either my text messages or something talking about Damian Priest should not have been on that team. Um, disagree, totally. But for the scope of what I'm trying to say now, what do you guys think about both team selection? Any options and uh, or, or thoughts on that? Well, to well to focus on Damian Priest, if not him, then who? Right. I mean, you had plenty of other people on the show. You had, you know, Adam Cole having a title defense and Pete Dunn and that. You have people who are hurt, like Velveteen Dream. So if you're not going to put him there, who who's missing that you put instead? I've heard I, Dijak. I perfectly... When Dijak and Dijak, Dijak wasn't in there, was he? Yeah, but here's my thing. Here, here's my answer to this question. Um, and you guys still, if you have any substitutions or thoughts on this, just go ahead and say it. Mm-hmm. But here's my thought. Well, let's not forget. I know this audience may not know or have seen these guys before, but they're not seasoned chicken. These guys have been around for a long time. If you don't put in a Damian Priest and a Keith Lee, when do you do it? <laughs> these guys are only well, getting and, older. <laughs> and and also there's this, this is something you got to keep in mind that for people are probably forgetting. It's Survivor Series and it's Survivor Series matches. The very nature of those matches you have to put people in there that you are willing to let get beat. They have to get eliminated. You can't just right. have someone else take the pin. You got to get down to one person. So sure. 
the very nature of those matches with with 15 people involved in those matches, you got to have some people in there that you can be like, okay, yeah, you're going to go out and shine, but then you got to lose. It, you have to. There's no way around it. So if anything, it makes more sense to look at maybe someone like Jack and be like, you know what? We don't want you taking a loss here, so you're mm-hmm. not going in the match. But mm-hmm. Damian Priest, okay, you're going to get some shine, and then you're going to get eliminated early on. It's, mm-hmm. it, it is what it is. That's the very nature of Survivor Series in itself. Yeah, I think, I think for me, just the who you put in, Dijak, I honestly feel, is not ready to be on a WWE main roster. He's only now starting to gain traction within hey, NXT. No main roster talk. Sorry, my, my apologies. He's not ready for a prime pay-per-view spot in a regular WWE-style Big Four pay-per-view. I'll put it that way. Uh, I honestly think Damian Priest is marketable, has an aesthetic, has a look. If people who had never seen him before, they would be like, who the heck is this Brandon, was it Brandon Lee Crow looking guy? I like him. Let's put him on, <laughs> let's put him on some t-shirts, baby. Uh, the, um, the one problem I have is the Walter pick. That is the one thing I didn't agree with. I liked it as a fan, but we talked about this, about, <laughs> about he had to catch his flight possibly. Why do you have him start off the match and three minutes in after some Walter style chopping, then you pretty much erase your NXT UK champion in the span of three minutes. Well, okay. So yeah, two that, things. that just as easily could have been Dijak. It could yeah. have been the exact same situation. Dijak would have been put in, two, but two, he's not the NXT UK champ. That's the reason I have a, a problem with it. You just things. poop they, on your division. They got to build that. That's their next project. That's their next token child is, the NST UK or maybe 205 Live. Two of them are, are the next step they have to do. They have successfully implemented NXT into the realm of the main audience, the main audience viewers. Um, so, like I like I was saying, when you when you're thinking about putting together a team, when I uh, when I upon watching this, when you think that, when you think about putting together a team, and you have this entire you know. You got this entire roster of NXT, uh, NXT folks you can pick from. There's no way you don't pick Walter, period. I mean, by look, by accolade, so forth. So it makes sense on that note. And to put eyes in that division and so forth, this big guy, see, hard hitting and so forth. I, him losing doesn't bother me, but you have to put him on the team because why Why don't you put the champion in there and he's ready to go? I mean, Kaylee Ray, you can't do it because she was just in war games and after war games, maybe she wasn't ready to go. There's a story to be told there. But yeah, Walter wasn't. So why not put a champ there so people can say, well, who's that guy with a belt? I mean, you got to forget, some of these fans only recognize people by them having belts, which is kind of sad to me. But okay. But I'm just not mad at it. And and again, yeah, you got to be eliminated of some sort. But he got a hell of a pop when he was out there. And the crowd was, some of the crowd was with him, which was a eye opener because he's always the assumption of like, do you know who these guys are? But yeah, Tommaso Ciampa, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and Walter. When you put all those guys together, that's a legit team. That's like a really legit team. And, you know, when you look at, and this is what I talked about right before you jumped in, Damian. And when you look at who's a, who else is available, you know, the absence of Velveteen Dream. <laughs> How could you not want to have that guy on, on your roster? But, like, who else do you pick from that was available from NXT? I mean, right. Dijak is a nice pick. You don't, you can't use Finn Balor. You don't want to use Finn Balor. Gargano's hurt, obviously. You Do anybody want Kona Reeves? Kushida's a small guy. <laughs> no, no. Um, and then a lot <laughs> of these you other... say Kona Reeves, like, for real? Come on, man. I don't know. Some some people out there like them. <laughs> Tino Sabatelli, I mean, sure, but is he ready? There's no. no there would have been no one else. There would have yeah, been there's no literally one no one else. It, it really, it really isn't. But Velveteen obviously could have been a very interesting choice if if, if available. Yeah, there's really nobody. Um, but in posture wise, it just makes sense. But okay, so quickly looking at the um, looking at the women's team, I mean, what could you have changed from that? Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Io Shirai, Tony Storm. That's a stacked team, too. There's literally, I mean, yeah. of course I will. It's I all would, names. Yeah. I wouldn't mind having, you know, somebody like Mia Yim on the roster, um, obviously because she wasn't able to make it the night before, but I guess they're 
really maybe she's not clear from the, the nose injury or something who knows what it possibly could be but after that i mean who do you put on i mean i know some of you guys may want to leah on there no <laughs> what are you talking about not, no no one here vanessa no. vanessa born is ready to go but i mean yeah like you just can't there's really no options uh there so both team selection i thought was really good and it makes sense and i think that we're both like really believable forces to go against these other teams. Um, let's really let's let's move on to something else real quick. So we talked about the women's uh, stars for the future, and, and 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 Will brought this up a little bit earlier. When you're talking about the men's roster, we knew, and I believe to Will's credit, we know, and they've said in the commentary, Riddle's ready to go. You, it's just a matter of sparking the the the, the jetpack, and he's off. But. With him being somebody that's going to be so easy to get over, this was not the opportunity to ultimately throw him all the way over. Right. You have to establish these other guys who you need over. So Keith Lee, you need that. You want that person. I mean, again, I, I, I say this all the time, and even talking to both Keith Lee and uh, Dijak in previous inter- interviews, Triple H made he he heard about it at the WrestleMania in Florida that weekend about this match that was the match of the weekend that wasn't on a WWE product that wasn't on ROH or New Japan but another indie promotion that he had to find out about and ultimately signing the two of them because of all like all their hard work but ultimately that match and the quality of what they done and he knew that he had two stars that just when when the the stars were going to lie, it was all going to work out. Both of them suffered injuries, but then ultimately now the perfect alignment of stars happening with the USA deal, live TV, both healthy, and all the Survivor Series and everything going for. It, it is absolutely their time to shine. And you know, Keith Lee, Dijak got his the night before. Keith Lee getting his the night, both nights actually. These are the people that needed this. Mm-hmm. That needed it. They've never the 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 previous main roster crowd, as we'll say, or what we got to think of some type of cliche name for Raw SmackDown of the of the past before NXT was a third brand. Um, they didn't know who these guys were. They wasn't watching NXT. They wasn't watching the Indies. But now that this guy, this big guy that can do anything, is virtually limitless by really definition, um, and, and moniker, like. It was important to make sure that they did that for him, and that's what it is. But other than them two, by mention, uh, who else do you think really got the moment, deserved the moment, or like took the moment? Well, I mean, the, the show closed with Shayna Baszler standing yes. tall and winning the whole thing for well, you know well, for the winning guys. the whole thing the for guys. NXT for the oh, men's for, match. for the okay for the yeah. guys. Okay. In the in the men's match, okay, I mean Riddle had his little moment where hey, he got to beat Randy Orton. Exactly. He got to pin Randy Orton before he got before he got taken out with the RKO. We know Walter didn't get to do much. Um, I mean, it really Riddle's probably the next one who got he got that little good chunk of shine in there before he got taken out. And and Ciampa Ciampa got to look good too. They, I mean, he did they, his backpack really got to have like yeah. Ciampa did his, his got to have like their, sorry. Go ahead. Everyone got to have like their moments. I think if anything, the big thing I noticed in that men's match from the moment everyone was coming out there, it's just like the raw team just looked weak. It just looked weak out from the, from the jump with just like you had Seth and you had Randy. And then just like, it was just like, huh? And then you have a smack. I loved the SmackDown team with Roman and then like Ali and uh, Gable with him as like his, like, you know, super athletic buddies that he's like kind of, Showing the way to, and then you got the Giants with Braun and uh, who else was on the SmackDown team? Who was the other guy? Corbin. Blanking. Corbin, of course, with the King Stick. But just like the SmackDown team had very like recognizable, clear-cut characters on it that all were unique in their own way. The Raw team, I thought, just looked so weak out there compared to the other th- uh, the rest of them. And of course, God, NXT team, we got Keith Lee standing there, you know, and Walter, for God's sake. These two gigantic redwoods of men out there just like standing there like the Raw team just looked small and like weird compared to everything else. Yeah, for me, just I think 
trying not trying to pander with Ollie toward the Chicago crowd. I think he generated an even more sympathetic babyface uh, type persona because of Corbin, who I can't stand him. He's annoying. This is he might blur the line between his real life persona and who he is in the ring, but he does a good job of elevating baby faces to a point because he's so damn annoying. So I know it feels like he's a an forced, actual heel. Yes. It feels like a forced push sometimes with Corbin, but, Corbin. Su- but Sunday made sense. Like he pissed off his own teammate, got speared for it. And the team was like, well, we, we lost one, but that's okay. You know, and I think Ali, who quietly went back to Mustafa Ali, a lot of people aren't, I don't know if they're not talking about it, but he went from being just Ali. He was on on that morning, the the WWE debunk morning show, and they talked about it. So it's not a secret, but they just handle it on social media a different style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think Riddle Riddle stood out because he, he did pin Randy Orton and he did catch an RKO. You catch an RKO out of nowhere, that's still going to mean something. And for Riddle's case, you know, he already has a, a feud waiting to go if he wants to feud with Randy Orton. Uh, I thought Ricochet had nothing, to be quite honest. And I feel really bad that they couldn't have done more with him. I think Drew McIntyre, for whatever, there's a disconnect from his indie working where he was on top of the world and then the minute he got back to the main roster nothing he i just, disagree there to me just for me there's no connection other than being the quote-unquote scott psych he's flat he's got nothing yeah aside I mean, from I, aesthetics I, I think a lot of the fans when they see somebody as big as he is they don't they and maybe it's just old school wrestling but he shouldn't lose and that gets certain fans out of it but mm-hmm. By all means, he does the work. He has the look. Um, but they just not booking good stuff for him. Right. Yeah, go ahead. And the number one guy, and I think we're all in agreement here, is Keith Lee. I mean, I don't know if that was the original plan to give Keith Lee that shine. But if we go back to Friday Night SmackDown, that standoff he had with Braun Strowman in the ring, mm-hmm. the crowd was popping for that. And I'm sure someone backstage thought, huh, mm-hmm. interesting. And then that that spirit bomb he did on Roman, where I thought he damn near killed Roman and bent them into like four thousand pieces, that was a that was amazing, and and Roman oh. sold that really well. Oh, so, I was about to say you better you better mention the fact of how he sold. Oh, he sold he man. sold that like he died. I, I loved yeah, it. It was like yeah. two and two oh, and yeah. seven eights. Yeah, yeah. And, and if that didn't win Keith Lee enough points right there, the follow up to that, as we're talking about selling. You got to take a close look at the bump Keith Lee took for Roman's spear. Yeah. Did a flip on that damn spear and made it look like a million bucks before he took the pin. So Mm -hmm. he got his shine. And then he also made sure he let the big dog shine too when he went down for him. Mm -hmm. He hit on every cylinder in every possible way perfectly. I mean, Keith Lee could not have had a better final couple minutes in that ring than he yeah. did on Sunday at Survivor Series. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, and then we'll go to the next topic really quick. I know I mentioned the men, so I want to say that every single person inside of this men's Survivor Series all did their thing to establish either storylines for the future or just establishing themselves for the moments that they were in. And uh, as far as the NST brand, Champa doing it for two nights, absolutely looking very strong at both of them, and being the captain, and, you know, maybe with even with this experience, being able to make sure that people are in the right spots and so forth, because I'm pretty sure things are being ran and fed through him. Uh, and I, I thought he, I thought just the cohesiveness of their team looked good, because even SmackDown looked a little off at times, as far as their placement and so forth. Probably so, because there's a lot of e- different egos in there. But um, I thought that, nonetheless, that he did they that they did a good job but so moving forward really quick and uh two things i want to say really fast is that first off the match placements of the card i thought everything was fine besides the women's match being at the end of survivor series obviously we knew why they wanted to do it but by then the momentum was really out of the building because the men's survivor series match was so good that you know hell if the if the keith lee and roman reigns was the last thing we saw for the night Everybody would have been happy. The Brock Lesnar match was even entertaining, but by then everyone was just exhausted. Not even by time, but I think like the climax of excitement had just went down at the wrong point. 
I have to go back and look at the match, the women's uh, triple uh, champions triple threat match, to see about quality. There seems to be the off the first look. There seems to be a little bit of something off. And here's my point to this. I honestly think, and now we all know from watching the indies that the three of them have absolutely worked with each other back in the Shimmer days. There's, mm-hmm. there's without a doubt, we know that they've they've worked together. But for me, it seems as if whenever Bailey works someone new and Bailey the character, so after indie days, but you know WWE life. It seems like anytime she works any, anybody new, she seems to be a little bit off, and it's just is not as fluent. And I think we've seen it play. Um, excuse me, I'm saying Bailey, Shayna Baszler. I mean, is uh, is what I'm saying. It's about is whenever she works somebody new, it seems to not be as fluent, and it just always seems to be a little bit off. And maybe that's why she still is in NXT because she still had time to be able to really develop. And work closely with people one on one more often than she would have been able to do on the other rosters. But anytime she works somebody new, she just always seems to be just a tad bit off. Considering that she's working with two other champions, she can't just be ultimately dominant in her in her way of uh, how she works her healer's tactics as as always. But if you actually go back and look at her matches in NXT, every time she, every time she works somebody the second time, it's always a zillion times better. And I think it's just because of what practice and repetition with her. But she just looks she just look really off with the continuity with the other two in this match. And that's just probably what I don't think the fans probably even saw it in that state. I just think they might have just been ultimately drained by the night. But from first look and first time watching the match, it just looked a little bit off at times for me. Um but if you guys don't have anything to say about that, one other remark, then we get to our last topic for tonight. Last thing I want to say is too, and that and I know Damien, you said that you felt like NXT <laughs> and how they were established with Survivor Series was considered a, a, a cash grab. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to cut the deal for for you're going to cut the deal for them to go onto USA Network, then you have to get people to look at it, and I think this All is right. the means of doing so the best way. I know in our group chat, Jamal said something about how this could have should have been done a long time ago. And I won't speak to his points. We'll probably talk about it next week a little bit. Some. But ultimately, everything happened perfectly in this crazy year of 2019 wrestling. With them getting a deal, with the fault still happening, which freed up a slot on the USA Network. USA Network still wanting to be competitive in, a, in the world of professional wrestling. Still wanting to take on two shows. So they end up taking... NXT making it live. Who knows? Some of these full sale interns probably got promoted to do live TV or be part of the broadcast teams or, you know, post graduation get jobs and so forth. But also, competition had probably bred people to want to revamp their, uh, you know, revamp their businesses and maybe their business plans. And ultimately, NXT being on USA Network, it just happened to just be a really perfect fit for everything to happen. With all that being said, nothing for me that happened on Sunday had anything to do with AEW as a means of striking back or competition or making a statement. I think this is just ultimately the plan that they wanted to move forward with this entire time and just everything perfectly in line. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think this is anything to do with NST at all or 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 just the, the idea? And I, Damien, like you have already said, you felt like this was a cash grab. But anything else you want, want to add to the stance of why NST was done the way it was this weekend? Okay. So I want to hop back really quick about the women's, the women's triple threat main event. Uh, it fell flat for me upon two viewings. It, I, I agree with you. I didn't think it was Shayna at first. But it was Shayna that looked a little disjointed. Because normally I give Bailey a lot of a hard time on social media for being the fourth of the four horsewomen. Uh, because it's, you know, she's she herself has always been awkward in the ring. But there was just something missing. There was a chemistry that wasn't there. And I, it was the first time these three women have worked together. I wouldn't have put it there at the end of the match, at the end of the pay-per-view. I know why they did it. I wouldn't have placed it there either. So maybe, again, the the... The build to Shayna v. Becky, second time around, hopefully will be better because I felt the triple threat aspect made it more disjointed than it had to be. 
in terms of the overall NXT, where do we go from here? Yes, I did admit it was an immediate cash grab to say, Wednesday nights, baby, you know where to tune into. But you did say something that struck <laughs> but you did say something that struck me. This might have been Vince McMahon's plan all along when the rumors way back in the summertime were he was going to have a ma- a more active role in NXT. He had to prepare them for cable television. It's been about nine weeks, eight or nine weeks now. So now at the zenith of, okay, we finally, quote unquote, we won the head-to-head viewership. I know you're saying it's not about AEW, but they finally pulled ahead and they're close to that million mark. This is going to get them that million, hopefully, where now more ad dollars will flow in, say, hey, you may have thought this was like our, our developmental product, but we're so far beyond it that this is a legit WWE program where you're going to have to tune in because these are must-see characters and must-see performers. Uh, uh, forget the small scale of Full Sail. I think, honestly, with this showing of uh, in Survivor Series, I don't think staying at Full Sail long-term is going to be... We talked about this, about uh, cost production. I think, again, as we go along, they're going to travel this show. I... I don't. I, I think that takes away from the heart of NXT. What I do think is going to happen is they're going to start using a bigger arena in Full Sail. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking they're going to open the doors up and take from the small, in, intimate crowd that always sells out and put it in the bigger one and start trying to get more people to draw down to it. I see. So... Go ahead, and, and again, let's not forget, Florida's yeah. been very lucrative for WWE, as we'll know in April as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, rega- and regardless of AEW, regardless of their involvement on Wednesday night, the NXT TV deal is an estimated forty to sixty million dollar TV deal. So they want that to work, regardless of what's happening on TNT on the other channel. So it's in WWE's interest to make Wednesday night a thing and to draw an audience on there to keep those millions coming in for that show. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Look, we're right at our hour mark, and there's one more topic we need to talk about before we close the doors. Now, Will, you know, there's this thing that we do. We didn't get to do it the last time, but there's this thing that we do. And for anybody who may be subscribed to our um, our Patreon... Um, you may be very Uh-oh. familiar with Uh-oh. this. And I don't know, do I just cut the show off now or do I and I make the rest exclusive? Or do we just let it be free <laughs> material for the holidays? So, and Damien, uh, welcome, because uh, this will be your first time if we uh, go through with this. But I'll, 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 I'll leave it in Will's hand on how do we handle this. But there happens to be a really flaming hot topic that is still on fire right now on social media that uh the fire's I, still burning yeah i kind of i kind of peeped into the sauna and i was like oh i know all this was happening but uh i guess so but as one of my topics on and uh, right now in our in our in our uh show card was well where's morrow why wasn't he on survivor series uh-huh. on, on on sunday and we know Morrow and Will are best friends, and they have <laughs> so a, a very in trouble here. They got they got a very extensive uh, relationship <laughs> relationship right. together. But the question is, it went from why wasn't Morrow on the show to like, oh, is this why? So nonetheless, Morrow was not ca- not calling for the NXT brand for Survivor Series on Sunday because, as um, as Michael Cole say, he blew his voice. He was so excited from the night before that, uh, and we know Morrow, we know by his energy that that's completely feasible. But also, social media has also disappeared. And anytime somebody's social media disappears, there is, there has to be some particular reason. So, question is, gentlemen, do we talk about Mauro Ronaldo's absence of Survivor Series social media and the speculation of why? And everything that's involved with it, is this a moment to talk about it now or now? If we want Will to get in trouble, we could talk about it now. But if we, you know, that's if 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 Will's gonna again get yelled at for voicing his objective opinion, 
Go well, shoot, Corey, Corey Graves is taking all the heat off me, so I'm fine. <laughs> hey, Corey, I, I get to sit back and Corey Graves is doing everything, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Oh, there you go. Better you than me, pal. <laughs> Corey Graves, Corey Graves pretty much in a way was saying kind of what I said before about just toning things down some. But yeah, I don't I don't know. What do you think, guys? Do we go into the Corey Graves, Mauro Ronaldo situation? More or less. Do we go on? Do we go on it for this episode, or do we just put it on a whole nother one? We'll that do is, another one. We'll do another one. Okay, people. Well, we can't give you no holiday treats, but also by any amount of a donation to Patreon keeps the lights on for us, and that's where you can get all our really flaming hot topics. And sure. The topics are very interesting, along with other exclusive content and so forth. But we really unleash when we get to these conversations. So we try to keep some type of posture on our weekly episode. But I can't promise you that on there. So, and I think I, I think we need to have Damien on that one. So you guys definitely, you want to step over to our Patreon and you know help us give a little, help us keep the lights on, help us keep doing what we do, and uh, we greatly appreciate it. So, but for yeah, for this episode then, and for everyone that's listening. Absolutely happy holidays. Enjoy your turkey. Be safe on Black Friday. Do the online shopping thing. Don't get trapped out there with the crowds. And um, drive safe. Drive safe. <laughs> yeah, safe travels. Love your family. Call them if you can't make them. Do all that good stuff. Um, and for the absence of Silly Sellers and Jamal, and for myself and Will and Damien, we'll catch you guys back regularly next Thursday for our weekly episode.